Welcome to the Pure Creative Force Podcast. I'm Christy McNabb, your host. There's a pulse of creativity running through each of us. It's our job to honor and activate it. Creativity is the antidote to the ills, struggles, and challenges we see in our lives and the world around us. The act of creating and bringing forth something new dissolves the old and useless ways. Join us and discover how to unleash the pure creative force within. Hear from fellow creators about their process and learn how to keep elevated. Be inspired to go create. In today's episode, I interview Jenna Renee Hoffman. She runs her own business as a digital marketing expert and photographer. She helps small business owners rev their social media presence and share their brand experience with target customers. Hungry for a creative career that enabled her to leverage the power of marketing and capitalize on her unrelenting work ethic, she turned her side hobby into a living, breathing business. In our interview, Jenna shares her strategies for success, including being resourceful, playing full out, and carrying yourself as a professional in everything you do. She shares her journey and how an orange Lamborghini catapulted her out of a career in data analytics to live her life as a creative entrepreneur. Here's our interview. Welcome, Jenna, to the Pure Creative Force podcast. Hi, Christy. How's it going? Good. So happy to have you here. Thanks. I'm super happy to be here. Yeah. Tell us about your journey starting your own business. My business, uh, I actually started it when I was in college. It was really more of a, a side hobby for me. So I would like to think that I woke up one day and just thought, okay, today's the day I'm going to start my own business and leaving my job. But it was really more of a, a gradual progression for me. Um, when I was 19 years old, I like was studying marketing at Cal Poly San Luis Obispo Business and Marketing, digital marketing to be specific. It was one of the first years that they offered classes on social media and things like that. So I actually had a family friend who had her own business and she reached out to me. She is about my mom's age and she thought, you know, you're young, you know, Facebook, you're familiar with Instagram. Do you think I could hire you to just kind of like help me on the side, schedule posts, come up with some new ideas? And I thought, uh, of course, you know, <laughs> being, being paid to post on Instagram and, and Facebook was like a dream to me. I was like, are you joking? Okay. And, um, yeah, so I kept doing that for her and we were growing at a pretty steady pace and I ended up getting like a real job in college, quote, so to speak. Um, that I thought would sort of aid me in my career a little bit better. And so I turned to this business owner and I said, Hey, I'm really enjoying what we're doing, but I think I'm going to go ahead and take this job and focus my attention there. And she basically said, you know, we really like having you on our team and we'll, you know, do anything to have you stay and help us. So I got a little bit of a raise. I stayed there. I worked with her uh, and I kind of just ended up juggling both. So come graduation, um, I took like, a job offer for a, I'm doing air quotes, a real yes. nine to five <laughs> job. And I told her again, Hey, like, I think I'm going to get really busy. So this is probably something we should just put in the past. And I have some recommendations for you, other people that can help you. And again, she really wanted me to stay. So I was like, okay, I'll have, you know, my full-time job and then I'll have my side hobby, my little hustle, whatever you want to call it. It ended up 
growing though. So my side hobby, she recommended me to another business owner who recommended me to another business owner. And it got to the point where I felt that I had two full-time jobs. I would go to work and this job I had wasn't, um, there wasn't a huge emphasis on work-life balance. So, (laughs) (laughs) you know, that's a subtle way of saying it. There were days when you would leave the office at 7 30 PM and people were like, where are you going? (laughs) And I'm like, uh, home. (laughs) So, uh, even then I would come home late and uh, get to work on my business. It got to a point where it was just so overwhelming. So I said, you know, I think I have enough money saved up. I kind of planned it out, thought like, okay, how many more clients do I need to get to make this work? And I took that leap of faith uh, after being at that company for about a year. And I've been in business for about a year and a half and I cannot complain. (laughs) Yeah, that's amazing. And it's like the universe was opening the door and gently nudging you, no, you're going to go this way. (laughs) Totally. And I really think that, you know, I mean, that's how I live my life in general. It's just that the way things are supposed to happen, they will happen. And I felt like a lot of forces in my life, including mentors, um, helped me get there. I had this one woman, her name is Corinne, shout out Corinne, (laughs) whatever, listen to this, but, uh, she sat me down when I was in college and she just, you know, out of the kindness of her heart was willing to pour into a young person. And she's like, okay, we're going to make a website today. And I'm sitting there like, I'm sorry, what? Like right now, I don't know how to make a website to you. And she just made, she kind of broke down the walls of making excuses. You know, like there really is no reason that anyone shouldn't be able to just start their business, especially in this day and age, because it's so straightforward to do things like designing websites and, you know, having your Instagram profile. Mm-hmm. What have you learned about yourself since starting your business? Since starting my own business, I guess I didn't realize that it would be almost more work than a corporate job was. So your corporate job, you know, you go in, not necessarily clock in, clock out. You can put in as much work as you would like, but truly when you have your own business, you are working around the clock every weekend, pretty much every waking hour. I'm either working for clients directly or working on my own brand. So I kind of learned that I had to be better about time management. And I learned that even though social media is my work, I have to separate that from self-care and time away from my phone. I found myself literally on Instagram. There's this app you can use to track how much time, screen time you spend on Instagram. And I actually think Apple has an update now, which includes that. But Yes, I, was, I just received that the other day. Yeah, it's, it's really cool. I mean, I definitely, it's very eye-opening. And I was like, oh my goodness. And I realized that, yes, I'm using, you know, I'm going on social media for work, but why spend an extra two hours at night scrolling through my own Instagram feed? And I just kind of realized that, you know, in order for me to be healthy, rested, and essentially effective at my work, I have to not look at social media like a way to rest or a way to kind of spend leisure time. That is my work. And so I had to really emphasize the importance of going outside, you know, getting my workouts in, uh, spending time with my family and things like that. Mm -hmm. And was that, how did you put that into place? Just this is how I'm going to do it, or this is my schedule? Yeah. So basically I, I tried to break some bad habits. So one habit I had was waking up in the morning and checking my phone right away. And I mean, this, the pace at which I go through my phone is funny to me. I like some people watch me, especially my older family members. And they're like, are you doing things at that rate? And you know, like, how do you text (laughs) and go through all these swiping and up and left and right and all this stuff. And I just, you know, check emails, check texts, go. And then I would go on Instagram. And next thing you know, I'm looking at memes at 
like 6.30 in the morning and I'm just thinking, well, this is such a waste of time and such the wrong foot to get off on for the day, you know? So I told myself, you know, you are not allowed to check your phone until your first 30 minutes of your day is over. And so I really created this morning routine that was getting up. I mean, coffee is a must for me. <laughs> um, I like to have some quiet time to either meditate or just sort of set intentions for the day. And then I make a to-do list and I actually have this little trick that I've been trying where I pick just six items for the day because I think any business owner can relate the to-do list is never ending and it's not a good feeling at the end of a day when you go through all these items, but you still have so many left. So I just pick these six that I think are doable, realistic, and then I can kind of get on my phone and get going for the day. Mm, great. Good piece of advice. Yeah. What's been the most rewarding experience with your business? So something really cool I was able to do after I set up a booth at a business exposition last fall, I was invited by a school called Fusion Academy to speak at um, their Mission Viejo campus. And, you know, it's, it's one of those like sort of surreal moments where you're thinking, you know, do I have the authority to do this? <laughs> they want me to talk to, to kids, you know, about their future and things like that. But I thought it was a super cool opportunity. And I still remember being in school and having adults come in, even in high school, college. It's really inspiring. And those are the people who, you know, did it themselves. And so you want to be able to kind of pick their brains. And just so the, having the role switch and having me be in those shoes was was really humbling. Some of the things that I told them were basically three things. Number one, be as resourceful as possible in every area of your life. I think a lot of people sort of give up when they reach a dead end. That could be anything. That could be for a homework assignment, a job application. And, you know, some people think you just submit the application and then you're done. I said, well, you know, what about the follow-up? Who did you talk to? Who did you connect with on LinkedIn? So yeah, be resourceful. Go use Google. I mean, the fact that we have these search engines and we literally have access to any and all information you'll ever need. So there's really no excuse for not being able to figure something out, in my opinion. So that was the first thing. The second thing I told them was to just go full out in everything that you do. One of my favorite quotes by Road Dahl is, it's a long one, but part of it says, you know, being lukewarm is no good. So whatever you do, pursue it to the absolute best of your ability. And then lastly, I told him to just trust the process. My own life is a good example of that. I've been very back and forth with certain career pursuits and you just have to trust that in the end, you're going to end up where you're going to be as long as you're working hard throughout that process. Mm, great pieces of advice. Thanks. Did you get any feedback from the students? Yes, it was so cute. Like this one kid came up to me. I, I don't know how old he was. He might've been 13 or 14, but he was so nervous and he came up and said, you know, I really like photography and I really like what you're doing. And, you know, do you have any tips for me or advice about, you know, I just thought that's so sweet. Like, I just was like, oh my gosh, you're so cute. But, you know, I told him if you ever want to shoot with me, if you want to come on a, on site and kind of watch and I can help you with your camera settings and everything like that. I just told him to keep practicing. I mean, if this is something you're passionate about now and something he potentially wanted to turn into a career, just I told him there's nothing or no one that can tell you that that's not realistic for you. Mm, great. You could have a, a new intern. I know. I was like, <laughs> okay, <laughs> I got to do this more often. What's been your biggest challenge or challenges and how did you overcome? I think in general, there's this pressure to succeed. So 
people are watching you, your friends and family, they support you, which is great. Or in my case, they're very supportive of me, but you know that people are kind of, you know, watching to see how it goes. And so I've, I've always sort of put this pressure on myself. I'm a self-labeled type A perfectionist. So yeah, that, that's, that weight can really get to you if you let it. So the way that I overcome it or have overcome it is redefining what success is to me. So I don't feel pressure to succeed if I define success in a way where I've already accomplished it. So to me, success is um, accepting that a business will continue to change and a business is not perfect as it is. And um, you can move forward without having every, all your ducks in a row and everything ready to go ready for release. So accepting that things are going to continue to change. Your logo might change, your brand might change, your website design might be different over the course of a couple of years. But the fact that I am able to pursue a business to financially support myself, to travel as I would please and make my schedule as I please, that to me is already successful. So there's really no monetary value on it for me in terms of like, you know, how much money do you make a year or whatever. It, that all depends on the individual. So in order for me to alleviate the pressure that I was feeling, I just said, okay, I'm feeling pressure right now to be successful. But why is that? That's because I had previously defined success as being something that I couldn't attain in that moment. So to answer your question, I just kind of flipped the way that I looked at success. And now I look at it more like I'm just blessed to be in the position that I'm in. And I just keep moving forward. You're so wise for your age. I think that took <laughs> me, it took me 20 years to figure that out. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Well, I hope it continues. I mean, I got to listen to my own advice sometimes, you know? Yes. Where did the tagline live life like a pro come from? That tagline just kind of came to mind one day. Gen Ren Pro actually used to be Gen Ren Productions because I was more videography, believe it or not. That's really where my business started out. Got it. So I shortened it to Gen Ren Pro because I really liked the idea of professionalism. I think in anything you do, I mean, it literally could be the way... Okay, so for example, uh, I wrote a blog post one of the first blogs I ever wrote was called why I believe in eyeliner and early mornings and not wearing sweatpants in public. (laughs) It got like a surprisingly big response and people were commenting on it. This is so great. And a lot of it is metaphorical. I mean, I don't think, you know, everyone should wear eyeliner every day, but a lot of the feedback I got was just, you know, how do you have time to get ready in the morning? And you always look so like well-dressed and, what time did you get up this morning? People were just so surprised, I guess, when I would tell them what my daily routine looks like. But I think that there's this one quote that stuck with me and and it's pretty generic, but you know, how you live your days is how you live your life. And so people a lot of times sit, you know, on the daily and think one day I'm going to get here. Eventually I'm going to get there. But it's like, what are you doing right now in every aspect of your life? That's going to eventually lead to a full life lived in the way that you wanted to, you know what I mean? So to me, live life like a pro is just, you know, you don't have to only be professional at work. You don't have to only be ambitious in your job. You know, the way that you feed yourself, the way that you exercise, the way that you make sure you get to sleep on time, all of those things contribute to being a pro at what you do. And I also wanted to open it up to all professionals. You know what I mean? So 
I, in my business, would love to help other people, other small business owners, but not just other photographers, not just other digital, digital marketing consultants, but just, you know, whatever it is that you do, you have an Etsy shop, you design websites or make t-shirts, you know, you can do that like a pro. Mm. And it's also just carrying that energy yourself throughout the day that is coming through in all of your brand interactions. You know, one of the, I've been following you on social media and it's your, just the way you present yourself is so authentic. And I think people, and I mean, you know, potential clients and just people on Instagram and people want Mm -hmm. that energy of, you know, how can I really, you know, take my best step forward and, and be my best. And I think that professionalism and how you're carrying yourself is absolutely transcending through your, your brand. Thank you. I'm, I'm glad to hear it. That's definitely a goal of mine. And I try not to be too intense, <laughs> you know, but that's just people, if people are asking me, you know, how did you get to where you get to? I'm like, you know, it's a daily, it's a daily habit. It's not just a one time and it's definitely not a stroke of luck. I've had more than one person be like, Oh, you're so lucky, you know? And, and no. that really, it irks me. And I, I, I feel like I need to stand up for anyone whenever I hear anyone say, you know, even if it's like another influencer and then in the comments, someone's, Oh, you're so lucky that you got into this line of work when you did. And I will literally comment back and reply. And this is a complete stranger and just be like, you know, it's a lot more than luck. You know, there's a lot of work that goes in, in the background. So anyone out there, keep that in mind. But usually there's a lot of behind, that goes on behind the scenes that people don't see. Mm-hmm. And when you're in alignment with your, you know, authentic self and what you're here to do, that's when the doors open. Totally. So, you know, other people could see that as luck, but it's really like, no, I'm in alignment <laughs> with why I'm yeah. here. <laughs> Therefore, well, the opportunities are coming to me. Right. And that's totally what you were just saying about there being this shift in social media from away from perfect profiles with you know, all these travel pictures and things and more towards videos about being like, this is what my life actually looks like on a daily basis. So again, like when you, when people look at you at face value and they think, oh, how lucky is that person? It's like, I want to show them what goes on, you know, behind the scenes and when it's not so easy, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And don't you also feel on social media that just where we are today, it's so easy to spot the fake versus the authentic? Oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, it's so sad. You hear these articles about, and of course they overgeneralize and they always say it's millennials. You know, it's, it's always millennials fault, but uh, <laughs> they're saying that these quote millennials um, are literally going into boatloads of debt just to travel places, rent cars, buy designer clothing to take photos with them and post them on Instagram. And so it almost makes you think, you know, how many of these quote influencers are being, are real. And I think a lot of people are over it. I mean, I think I know I get frustrated and I even posted about this one time when I get all these followers and then the next day they're gone. You know, you can, (laughs) you can just tell when they're not real. And I mean, literally it is almost funny and maybe it's just the, the arena that I'm in, but it's the same type of profile. It's a profile with maybe 10 to 20,000 followers. You can tell they're growing. Who knows? Maybe they're buying their followers. I don't know. But they're travel accounts and they just clearly have no interest or connection to what I actually do. I'm like, why would you follow, you know, a photographer or a digital marketer if you just travel around Europe or whatever? And then the next day they're gone and they're, they call them ghost followers. It's a huge issue. I'm really hoping that Instagram comes out with a way to just 
completely ban any sort of like robotic intrusions because these are, you know, machines that go in and, and do these followings for people. So yeah, that would be great if Instagram could kind of get a hold on that. <laughs> I'm waiting for that day to come. <laughs> How do you define creativity? I would say that creativity is a process. You know, it's not so much a tangible thing that you can reach in yourself and, and pull out. It really just sort of comes and goes, at least in my experience. Like sometimes you'll be, whatever your creative outlet is, it's just sort of like, where did that come from? Whether that's a, a daydream or, you know, you start writing or drawing, painting, taking photos or whatever. And then that sort of leads to another idea or you watch someone else's creative work and that leads you to an idea. I read this really cool passage. I can't remember what book it's from, but it was about how the Greeks and Romans believed that there was this sort of like elf of creativity. Mm -hmm. And it was almost like this urban legend that they told where the elf would hide in your house and only sometimes come out and help you get over your creative ruts. And so they actually believed that not that people were geniuses, but that they had a genius. Mm. As in, they had this little genius elf. <laughs> and I just like absolutely loved that sort of illustration and that idea because it, it makes you realize that you om- there's this sense of not having control over it. It's not so much like logic where, you know, if you're doing a math equation, you, you have the tools, you execute the problem, you've reached the solution. Creativity is just sort of accepting that some days you're going to have all these awesome ideas. And then another day you're going to feel totally drained. Like there's nothing left in you. And you just kind of accept that for what it is. And you keep going and wait for your creative juices to get flowing again. Mm. So when you hear the words pure creative force, Mm -hmm. what does that mean to you? Or how do you experience that in your life? Again, I think, so if something is purely creative, I would say it's untraceable. It's it's untraceable inspiration as opposed to something that is a tangible tool. And then in my own life, I think, again, like, as I mentioned, just accepting that it's okay that sometimes you're going to have those purely creative days where you're like, I am on fire. I have so many good ideas. And then other days where you're like, I am just not on it right now. And I can't really put my finger on why that is. And there's no tool I have that's going to fix this problem right now. But, you know, you keep going with your life. You keep taking care of yourself and trust that eventually you'll get there. Mm. What's your creative process? Oh, my gosh. Well, I have a, different, a couple different outlets. So, you know, I, I take photos. So for that process, I would say I love being inspired by other photographers. I love outdoor photography, which is mainly what I do. So less of studio things because... I just think there's something so cool about taking into consideration all of the light, whether the sun is out or whether there's clouds, whether you're at the beach or somewhere in some hills. So yeah, you just kind of like have to pause. I think when I first started photography, I was sort of panicked. You know, you get to the location and they're like, where's the light? You know, where's the best wall to put my subject against and all these things. And if you just sort of pause, take a breath and appreciate what you have around you to work with, it becomes much less stressful. Mm. Yeah. So your business is, is pure creative and your previous job right out of college, you were in, in data analytics. Yeah. <laughs> you have a funny story about your former CEO and his inability to relate to his staff. You want to share that with us and why that was a catalyst for you? <laughs> it was a huge catalyst for me. 
and nothing against analytics. I mean, I have always loved math and science, uh, more math, but uh, there's something very impressive and very cool about the stories that you can tell with data. But my job was strictly spreadsheets. I worked with really smart, amazing people, I will say that. But there was this one meeting where our CEO came in. I think it was an attempt to sort of boost morale. And he opens his PowerPoint presentation. We're all in this conference room and we had our offices in LA and some other city, I can't recall, but they were all called in. So it was like a big company-wide meeting. And he starts flipping through his PowerPoint and he was trying to get us psyched about how cool our software is. And this is the software that we would sell to our clients. And he pulled up a picture of this orange Lamborghini. There was a picture from the outside. There was a picture of the interior, like the wheel. And he was like, our software is like my Lamborghini. (laughs) And I literally remember like locking eyes with my coworker at the time. And we were like trying not to laugh. And we, there was this thing called Slack. It's like a chat platform. And I, we were like messaging each other. And we were, I was just like, this is so relatable with my, you know, 1999 Honda CRV. Like, I'm so glad that he's telling us that his Lamborghini is equal to how cool our software is. And I just think that was like such an eye-opening experience to me because up until that point, I was so heavy about this job. I was really unhappy. I was really sort of like stressed about what I wanted to do. And, oh my gosh, I'm going to be broke. I'm not going to have benefits, all these things if I leave. And that was the first moment where I was like lighthearted, like, no, this is not where I'm supposed to be. (laughs) This is clearly someone who either doesn't know how to relate to their employees well, or someone who is really so unaware of the the state of his employees, his entry-level employees, that he would actually think that I would be inspired to know that he's at home with his Lamborghini while I am here doing this job that I do not enjoy at all. (laughs) You know, so it was just, you know, it was kind of, I'm almost glad it happened because it was just like the nail in the coffin. I just was like, okay, um, yeah, so I'm going to start planning my exit now. <laughs> Sometimes you need a little push. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm definitely. And I think, like I said, it was just kind of like a lighthearted, easy way to, to make that final push. Great. So there's a quote, a little nonsense now and then is cherished by the wisest men. Mm-hmm. Tell us how you do the dance between hard work and a little nonsense. That's a great question. I love to travel. And that is probably one of the biggest things that I am so thankful for in this job that I have is being able to work from anywhere in the world. All I need is my laptop and some Wi-Fi um, and my camera. And so for me, I definitely make sure to plan trips pretty frequently, not every month, but maybe every couple months. I like to take a weekend to go somewhere I never feel more inspired than I do when I'm just sitting on an airplane. I don't know why. Some people hate flying. There's like anxiety associated with it. But seriously, taking off on a plane and like the clouds and just listening to music, I just feel it's like I'm in my own zone for that moment. It's so inspiring to me. And it's something that I just, after I get off of a plane or after I visit a new place, I'm just so re-energized and it's that type of rest and that type of sort of adventure that I try to incorporate so that I am energized to sit at my computer for the next few weeks, you know, and get this work done. Mm. And it's, it's just being in that curious wonder, 
taking off. It's like, I wonder what's going to happen during this trip or what you're going to see or, you know, who you're going to run into. I mean, and I I tell my little sisters this all the time. I'm, (laughs) I'm a huge fan and advocate for studying abroad because I did that in college. And I actually went to like a smaller town in Spain, like not Madrid or Barcelona. It was, it's called Bilbao. And it completely, I mean, not to be cliche, but it really opened my eyes. I, I, I couldn't, before that trip, I could not process the fact that there are other cultures and other people who live entire lives, entire lifetimes in a completely different way than I do the way I grew up in Orange County. You know what I mean? And that to them, from their perspective, that is normal. Like that is their normal. And so I was like, there are so many things in this world to see and to understand. And it just really coming back home, I just thought, for all these people who haven't seen it, it's just, I felt like I had this secret that, you know, no one knew. And it was actually hard for me to kind of level with people sometimes because there's just really this sense of, I don't know, like cultural understanding when you, when you see it, when you're exposed to it. And so I try to just, I mean, in my life, I would love to just see as much of that as possible. Mm. Yeah. And it's also the ability to have and understand different perspectives. Right. And the more perspectives you have, it's like the greater creativity you can bring to your clients, the greater service. It's, it's the ability to just be able to see things from many different views. Totally. No, absolutely. I've written like full campaigns for clients on the plane. Like you said, the word wonder is a great, I love that word. And there's something scary about the unknown and there's something comforting because it's just you know, you're up there in that plane and A, it's crazy that you can even have this view of the world, right? I mean, is there anything more beautiful than seeing like the sunset over clouds when you're on top of them? I don't know. But (laughs) I just think that it's just this state of like, it's almost like you're in a vacuum, you know, there's no, like no one can contact you, you know, and you're just sort of, that's my most creative state, I would say. Mm. Who inspires you and why? Yeah, so there is one amazing woman in my life. Um, she actually passed away recently, but that was my grandma Jean Mm. and she was my dad's mom. And this woman, if you ask anyone was just like a saint. I mean, she raised 12 children in Queens, New York, and actually a couple cousins too. So about 14 children (laughs) (laughs) in a small house in, in forest Hills. And she went to school and uh, got her master's degree actually at, you know, in a time when that was absolutely not normal for women to do. And she was so gracious and so patient and kind. And just, I mean, the time I got to spend with her, I will just treasure forever. But I really think that that is where I got my not being okay with being average, I guess. I really think my ambition came from her and I so respect the way that she handled herself with, with grace and patience. And that's something I try to aspire to more. I think I have the ambition down, but you know, not feeling sorry for yourself and, and realizing that like life can be difficult, but there's nothing that you can't really overcome if, as long as you have your values strong. And she always did. Yeah. That's amazing. And I've been doing a lot of writing, just personally exploring, you know, the mothers and the grandmothers and the great grandmothers that, you know, a lot of us have been so fortunate to be raised by uh-huh. and it's their strength as women. It was, they, it's almost as though their arms were wide open and the net was always there mm-hmm. encouraging you to go out and be your best. You're going to fall on your face, pick yourself back up. It, there was just something about the strength of the mother energy. Right. That I absolutely can, can resonate with 
your grandmother as well. It's, it's that ability to be a strong, powerful woman, yet loving and compassionate and right. empathetic. And so it's kind of like a new definition of, we, we think of strong, like, oh, we have to be, you know, overpowering people. It's like, mm-hmm. no, there's a strength in just having that mother energy. Oh, absolutely. And she, and so many women do, they just connect to so many lives, you know, and I, that's something long-term, but as a goal for myself, it's just, I want to just impact people positively, you know, and we had people coming to us at her, at her funeral services saying, you know, she like changed the course of my life in high school. She was an English teacher at one time. And we had a a bunch of men coming up and just saying that they owed a lot to her. And and that's just the type of influence where you know that your life was, you really left a, a legacy. Yeah. Oh, what a great inspiration. Yeah, she's great. Who's been your biggest champion and how do they support you? Yeah, so I am extremely blessed with family. Um, my mom and dad have been my biggest supporters for sure. I mean, my dad is like, we are like the same person. Um, we're, <laughs> we're built the same. And he used to always, when he would drop me off at school in seventh grade, I mean, I think it was to embarrass me, but he would always, I would get, you know, open the door, get out. But before I was able to shut it, he would always go first female president. And (laughs) I mean, I'm not kidding you like every day. And I was like, dad, you know, and, but he really believes in me and he really always made me feel like, you know, you can literally do anything. But again, we're wired the same. Our brains work the same. It's very, it's very nice. And my mom has had so many, so many conversations with me. I mean, I owe so much to her because anytime I had like a breakdown or self-doubt, she was just, she is just the best listener. And my mom is so good at it because she will listen and she'll just, you know, she won't like interrupt or anything. She'll actually take a couple days to sort of process everything. (laughs) And then she'll come back to me with this like genius discovery. And she'll, you know, she's, she'll always start, I thought about what you said. And, and then it's just like, it all makes sense. And I'm thinking, how do parents, like, how do parents do this? I'm like, I only hope that I can be half of what they are together for my that's kids. A, that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, they're great. I'm lucky. What are the most important pieces of advice you have for creative entrepreneurs or somebody who might be sitting in a, in a job that feels really heavy and they want to branch out on their own? I would say... When it comes to thinking about your passions, the question is not so much, what are you passionate about? But it's like, what are you passionate about enough that you're willing to go through the most disagreeable aspects of that work? So if you have a passion and it is so strong that you are willing to take on the worst parts about it. So like, be honest with yourself, ask yourself, what is the worst case scenario if I pursue this passion? Am I okay with that? Like, is it worth it to me? And I don't want to say this as in like, uh, you know, being negative. Of course I want to be inspiring and like fluffy about it, but there will be times when you think, okay, I didn't, I didn't realize this was going to be, this was going to happen. So you want to have those questions answered first. If the answer is, yeah, I will take that on because if that means I get to do this for a living, then I am more than happy to do it. And then, then stop asking other questions and just go. I mean, look forward. And and my dad used to always tell me, you know, make the decision and don't look back. Don't overthink it. I am definitely someone who kind of gets, becomes a victim to paralysis by analysis, I like Mm -hmm. to say. So overthinking things and just being like, I don't know, I'll think about it later. And then you just never get around to, to doing anything about it. Sometimes you just have to accept that 
not everything is going to be perfect, ready to go, all ducks in a row. You just got to go for it. When it comes to other people's opinions, you and I, this is hard for me, not caring what people think about you. And you can say all day long, I don't care. I don't care. I know who I am. And this is true to an extent, but putting yourself out there, especially on social media, I mean, you're literally just opening yourself up for potential bullying. I mean, people who don't know you at all, making judgments on you and your life and not knowing anything about, you know, what your daily life looks like, but you just have to let people have their opinions, let them love their opinions, let people have their opinions. You don't need to be, you don't need the blessing of other people, Mm -hmm. you know, to, in order to make your own creative work. Mm. Good advice. Yeah. Okay. I have like one little story that was really cool. It's about Einstein. What it's about is basically it kind of goes off of the quote by Rod Dahl about um, balancing work and, and play and how to overcome a creative rut, if you will. Einstein using a tactic that he called combinatory play. So basically, if you were in a rut with one channel, you would um, open another mental channel. Mm. And so, for example, if he was ever having trouble with uh, a mathematical problem, he would start playing his violin for like hours at a time and eventually he would um you know take his break after playing violin and sort of clear that initial mental rut that he was going through and he would be able to solve the problem so for someone like me who hits a creative rut and just basically like runs myself to the ground trying to overcome it (laughs) (laughs) that's a really good um analogy or you know a factual strategy to kind of be like okay i'm going to get up i'm going to do something else something that is using a different part of the brain, you know? So if you're doing something creative, try to do something a little more logical to sort of give your creative side a break or mm-hmm. vice versa. Yeah. Or even doing something physical, like get out of your head. Totally. Oh yeah. yes. Oh my gosh. I am like such a proponent of working out. If you follow me on Instagram, you'll, you might see that. I don't know if I don't post as much fitness stuff on there, but that is totally an important part of my lifestyle. I love spin classes so, so much because they're just a total distraction from like, once you're in that room, it's just about sweating and it's that simple. You really don't have to think much. And I just love that. So yes, exercise is also super important. Great. So thank you, Jenna. My gosh, thank you for having me. This was so much fun. Oh, how do you want people to get in touch with you? Yeah. So if anyone wants to get in touch with me, they can follow me on Instagram at jenrenpro just DM me on there or send me an email, jenrenpro at gmail.com or head over to jenrenpro.com where you will find all that information and easy ways to contact me. Thank you, Jenna, for your insights and wisdom. If you're a small business owner looking for digital marketing support, contact Jenna about her launch packages to boost your social media presence and reach your audience. And if you're enjoying the captivating mantra tune, check out our featured musical artist, Osley, on Instagram. That's O-S-L-E-E underscore music. Thanks for joining us on the Pure Creative Force. Be inspired and go create something new today.